0: Well, hello, Grace Family Church. My name is Hal Mayer, and I am the campus pastor at the Temple Terrace campus. Yeah, thank you. I welcome you all here, all of you that are watching online, and all of our not six anymore, but seven locations, our Clearwater campus. Yeah. Our Clearwater campus is launching this Sunday. And so they're starting with their monthly meetings. And so we're we're in our second week of our series called Fight. And I figured to start off, I'd share with you my first fight and I'll call it a fight, it was when I was four. And so I was four years old and I was a pastor's kid growing up and we were at church. And while I was four years old, I was a big four year old. And there's this other kid that was six years old, but he was smaller than me. And he was a very angry kid. I'm not exactly sure why he was angry. His dad was a deacon. Maybe that explains it. For those of you didn't get that joke, there's pastor's kids and then there's deacon's kids. Like that's, that's what you grow up in. And so he was older. He kept hitting me and I I didn't know what to do. I was a pastor's kid. I'm like, I'm supposed to turn the other cheek, right? Like, what am I supposed to do here? Can I hit him back? And his dad was watching and he wasn't doing anything. And so my dad finally found out that this kid was bullying me. He comes up to me. He goes, how? What's going on? I said, well, am I allowed to hit him back? Like, what am I supposed to do? He keeps hitting me. He goes, well, here's what you're gonna do tomorrow. He goes, you're gonna go to church and you're gonna say this. Hey, if you keep hitting me, there's gonna be consequences. I'm like, all right, that sounds sounds good. And I'm like, okay, then what's the consequences? He goes, here's the deal. If he hits you again, run over him. It's like, what? He's like, lower your shoulder, run over him. I'm like, and then punch him? He's like, no, just run over him. He goes, and then he'll never mess with you again. It's like, okay. So the next day I went to church and this kid came up and he pushed me. I said, hey, don't mess with me. There's gonna be consequences. I can imagine a little four-year-old me saying that. And he hit me again. What did I do? I ran over him and it was over. It was done. He never messed with me again. And and here's the deal. We we talk about fighting and and even though we're talking about little kids and, and how that happens, I know this. I know this in a room like this, so those of you that are watching online, all of our campuses, when we talk about fighting, there's an uneasiness to a lot of us. There's an uneasiness because many of you have been on the wrong end of a man's strength. And I just wanna make sure we start off with this. It is always wrong for a man to put his hands on a woman or a child. It is always wrong. But at the same time, I want us to know this, strength is not bad. It's not bad. And God has given a man strength. God has given us strength, not just to fight, but for, to stand up for what's right. And God wants us to stand up. God wants us to be a warrior. He's given us a warrior's heart. And I need you to understand this. The reason I tell the story of my first fight is because I know this. If a man is unwilling to stand up for himself, he will never stand up for his wife, his kids, or his faith. And I'm not just meaning in a physical way. If a man is not willing to stand up because God has called us to stand up. God has called us to stand up for what is right. And if we're honest, men, we know this, we wanna stand up for what's right. We wanna stick up for the little guy. We wanna do the right thing. And God has given us that warrior's heart. And as a warrior, we know this, if a warrior doesn't have a cause to fight for, he will fight the wrong battle. Men, we have so many men that because they're not fighting for something, they're fighting against what God has created them for. See, I'm not saying, and hear me on this. I know you're hearing me, you're like, oh, well, he's saying men are warriors, what are women? Just you know, stand behind them, just, like, just be excited that they get to be around them. Not at all, women are warriors too. My wife is a warrior. In fact, she fights battles all the time. And when I asked her, I was like, do you want me to call you a warrior or a warrior princess? She's like, warrior? Why? Because she fights. And hear me on this. I'm not saying it's just up to the man to fight. In fact, a marriage is strongest when both fight. When both people are fighting, when both people are stepping up, because through a marriage and through life, sooner or later, one of us is going to fall, one of us is going to stumble, and the other one needs to pick us up. The reason today, though, that we're speaking directly to men, not that women, you're not going to get anything from this. In fact, you will get a lot. But the reason I'm speaking directly to men is because there's a pandemic in this country of women stepping up to fight, but men stepping down. We've seen women continue to fight and men have been okay with allowing them to fight and stepping back. Guys, we must fight. We must decide that we are going to fight. And one of the main ways that we start that fight is very simple. We've gotta choose our fight. We've gotta actually choose your fight. You actually have to name what you've decided to fight for. See, I think that's the reason we love action movies so much is because we know exactly what they're fighting for, right? I mean, in Gladiator, you watch it, you know exactly what they're fighting for. He goes, they may take our lives, but they will never take our freedom, right? He's like, freedom. And you're like, yeah. And then in Gladiator, when he gives the speech, he's like, I am a Maximus. And I am husband to a fallen wife and father to a slain child. And I will get my vengeance, whether it's in this life or the next. And you're just sitting there like, yeah, vengeance. Like I remember coming out of that movie and like just looking at people to look at me wrong. I'm like, I wish you would, right? We're excited because we know what they're fighting for. In the same way we see in the Bible, we see a guy named Nehemiah give a very similar speech. You see, Nehemiah was sent back to his city to rebuild the walls, to rebuild the city. And the moment they're rebuilding those things, his enemies are surrounding the city. And I can imagine Nehemiah saying these things. And I'm imagining as he's saying these things, he's got blue paint across his face. And he says this, he says, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. He said, these are things you should fight for. Men, the reason I'm saying we've got to choose our battles because if we don't choose the battle, we will fight against it. It's never more prevalent than it is in our marriages. Right, men, if we don't fight for our marriage, we find ourselves going against it. We find ourselves fighting against our marriage. We find ourselves in places where we've given up even fighting. And God's called us to fight for our wives in the same way Jesus fought for us and laid down our lives for her. See, in single men, you're in here, you go, I'm not married, I don't have to worry about this. Yes, you do. You're fighting right now. The way that you live your life, are you bringing baggage on or are you healing and taking baggage off? Are you guarding your heart and your mind so that you go into marriage ready to treat a woman the way she should be treated? See, men, we are fighting for our marriages right now. We're also fighting for our families. I think the biggest fight I have when I'm fighting for my kids and for my family is the fight against my own selfishness. The fact that I want my time and my things and not that we don't get those things, but so often God's like, you need to spend time with your son. You need to spend time with your wife. You need to fight for them. Maybe for some of you, it's a financial fight. You've got to decide today, we are going to stick to a budget and do what's right to get out of debt. Or maybe it's an addiction that you've allowed back in that you need to fight against again. Here's what I know. I don't know what your fight is, but today you have to choose to fight it because that's the same way. Our father fought for us. See, Jesus fought for us. He did every day of his life, he fought for us because he lived a perfect life. He had to fight against the same temptations that we deal with. In fact, he went to another level. He went out in the desert, didn't drink or eat for 40 days while Satan tempted him. Satan himself tempted Jesus. And he didn't just tempt him in the desert, he tempted him while he was hungry. I mean, on top of that, we see Jesus fight in a big way. Still, one of my favorite stories of Jesus is he's walking up to the temple and he sees that the temple is being used to make money. He sees what was happening was people would come up with their sacrifices and they would come up and the people of the temple would say, hey, that sacrifice is not good enough. I'll give you a temple approved sacrifice that had a markup of 10 or 20 times. And they were taking advantage of people's shame and guilt and making money off of it. Jesus was so angry. He fashioned a whip, which is just awesome. Like you're like, how? Fashion a whip. I don't even know where to start. The man fashions a whip. He throws over tables and clears the temple. Here's how I know Jesus wasn't the blonde hair, blue eyed, just flowing hair kind of guy. No one stopped him. Flowing hair Jesus, people would've been like, no, sorry. Carpenter Jesus, they moved. He had a righteous anger. See, the biggest fight that Jesus fought for us was on the cross. He chose to die. He chose to die even knowing that there are gonna be days where I am going to take advantage of his grace. Knowing there are days that I will just push it to the side. He fought for me anyway. See, in the same way that Jesus died for us is what he calls us to do daily. Real men, we die daily. We die to our selfishness. We die to our own desires so that we can fight for those around us. See, we choose our fight, but we don't just go into the fight. We don't just decide to fight. We need wisdom in the fight. We need allies in our fight. So once we decide what we're gonna fight for, we need to develop a battle plan. We need to develop a battle plan because we can't fight this fight on our own. We're not just fighting a physical battle. We're fighting a supernatural battle with an enemy that doesn't fight fair. And if we decide to fight this fight on our own, we will lose. That's why we need help. Galatians 5, 16 says it this way. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. See, we get God on our side. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives and he gives us the right tools for the battle that we're actually facing. But here's what I know. As men, we have a lot of pride and we like to do things on our own, don't we? I think one of the biggest reasons I like to do things on my own is so when I'm done, I can look back at it and go, I did that, right? We want all the credit. And really, I don't want other people's help for two reasons. One, I wanna do it on my own. For the second reason, I have this control issue where I feel like if somebody helps me, I owe them. (laughs) I don't know if anybody else is there, but I've got that problem. And so that was ever never more evident than when we first moved into our new home. We, We first moved into our house and I immediately had to go out and get everything to take care of the yard, which was more than I realized. You realize very quickly that buying the home is just a part of it. And we're getting all the different things and I'm running, I'm like, like, I don't wanna spend all this money. And so to take care of all the hedges and all the bushes and all those things, I bought hedge shears. Which if you don't know what those are, those are those big scissors. Yeah, you don't know what they are because nobody's used them since the 90s because we have hedge trimmers now. But I bought them. And I go home and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take this on, I put my headphones in, I start chopping away at all the hedges. Well, my neighbor from across the street comes over, he goes, hey, I got a hedge trimmer, do you want it? And I'm thinking, okay, if I borrow the hedge trimmer, he's gonna want something from me. No, I'm good, I'm good, I've got this. He goes, no, 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 you don't understand. He goes, I just bought a new one. It's a gas powered hedge trimmer that's this big. Do you want it? And I'm like, no, I'm good. I remember he just looked at me, he's like, what is wrong with this guy? And he walks away and for the next two hours, I trimmed all the hedges and all the bushes and I got done and I looked at him, I'm like, wow, this looks really good. But then all of a sudden I had this overwhelming sense of, wow, that was stupid. It took me two hours with these scissors, with the hedge trimmer, I would be done in five minutes. But I decided I wanted to do it in my own power. So we do the same thing. We go, God, no, 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 I got this. I can do this on my own. And here's the problem. We don't have the tools for the fight that we're fighting. We need God's help. Paul talks to the church in Corinth. He said this, he says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons to knock down strongholds. What is he saying right here? He's saying, hey, here's the deal. You can't fight a spiritual battle with your fists. We, we, you can't overcome a spiritual battle just by your physical nature. You need supernatural tools to fight this battle and you need to bring God in with you. And these tools are not tools that we've never heard of. These aren't tools that you're gonna go, oh, I'd never even realized we should be doing that. These are tools that we talk about all the time. And the first tool which we talk about that's so important is prayer. Look, if we wanna be a warrior for God, we must be a prayer warrior because prayer reaches areas we can't reach. It does things that we can't. I think one of the reasons men we give up is because we can't do anything else and we've forgotten God still can. So God calls us to pray, not just to say something out loud, but to bring him into the battle. See, when we pray, we're bringing the God that created the universe into the battle that we are fighting. See, it's not just prayer that God calls us to do. He calls us to read his word in the Bible. See, we just spent three weeks literally talking about why you can trust this book, not just for fun, but because we want you to read it. Because even though it's over 2000 years old, it still speaks to us today. I've been amazed in how it can speak directly to my situation, how it consistently gives me wisdom for living my life and helps me guide me down a path that I need to go. See, we pray to bring God into it, we read his word to hear his voice. And one of the biggest tools that we allow to go to the side is the church. You're like, how? We're at church right now. Look, you can be at church, but not be a part of the church. You can come on Sunday or on Saturday and you can be a part of a service, but are you a part of the church? Are you serving? Do you have a place of community? We've got to find those places. We need those places. Why? Because when we serve and we have a place of community, that's where we're adding people to our team, people to help us out, people to be allies in the fight of what's going on. And I know I always hear it from guys, but how it's so awkward to find friends. As men, we're just awkward at it. We are. But how credible would it be? Let's just say if for some reason the church decided to throw an event on a Friday and a Saturday, where tons of men would all come to one place and we'd have uh, breakout sessions and food and you get to throw axes and hear about all those things. And just to make it simple, so guys don't get confused, we call it man event. (laughs) Guys, the tools are in front of you. Show up to man event, show up to courageous, show up to home builders. Why? It's not because you're not strong. It's because you're stronger with help. We need people on our side. We need encouragement, we need support. We need inspiration for when things get tough because whether you realize it or not, you are in a fight. You are in a fight against an enemy that not only wants to take you down, but take your family down. The Bible says that Satan is like a roaring lion roaming this earth, looking to devour his prey. We need God on our side. We need the right tools for this battle. We need to go forward, not just in our own wisdom, but in God's wisdom. So we choose the battles that we're gonna go after. We develop a plan and bring people on our side. The next point is really, is something that I see so many guys doing. We tend to fight battles we were never meant to fight. We need to only fight the battles we were meant to fight. And here's what I mean by that. I see men over and over again. We love to put, our pos- put ourselves in position right next to our biggest temptation. We love to put ourselves in a position one step away from one of the worst decisions we can make. I mean, it's, it's kind of like this. I always was incredibly annoyed with Superman growing up. Like he was awesome, don't get me wrong, like super strength, like he could fly, he could shoot laser beams out of his eyes, like he could see through things, incredible. What annoyed me about Superman was, everybody knows what his weakness was, what is it, kryptonite, right? Everybody knows that, that was his weakness. He knew it, everybody else knew it. But what did he continue to do over and over again? Put himself in a room with kryptonite. I'm like, Superman, what's wrong with you? Like, he's going, it's okay, I can handle it. And he flies into the room. What happens? He gets weak, somebody else has to save him. I'm like, Superman, you have laser eyes. Shoot them from across the room. Don't even get near it. Like, I'm yelling at my TV while I'm six years old. I'm like, and if there's a room between you, throw a boulder, take out the thing, then use your laser eyes. What does he keep doing? Going to the kryptonite. And then all the time he'd come up on a room that was completely surrounded by lead because he couldn't see through lead. He's like, I wonder what's in this room. It's kryptonite, it's always kryptonite. Throw a rock through it, do something else. The thing that absolutely got me was when there was this female villain and to get Superman, she seduced him and she put on lipstick that had kryptonite in it. And he kisses her and he gets weak. And I'm like, well, he's gonna fly away. No, he goes back for another kiss. I'm like, I'm done. (laughs) I'm gonna go watch Batman. He doesn't have any superpowers, but at least he's not dumb. But guys, we know what our kryptonite is, don't we? But how often do we get so close? How often do we go, hey, it's okay, I can handle it. So those are some of the worst words that I've heard is, is, hey, it's okay how you don't understand, I can handle it as if it shows some sort of manliness to stand next to our temptation and not give into it. See, in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, it says, this says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. See, while we may say I can handle it, the truth is I can't handle anything without God. And Satan does an incredible job of exploiting the weaknesses that we have. See, our biggest temptation, our kryptonite, has a way of Satan making incredibly strong men incredibly weak. And many of us, our biggest kryptonite, it's, it's simple. It's lust, it's women. And in 1 Corinthians 6, 18, Paul tells us how we deal with that. He says, run from sexual sin. No other sin clear, so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. How do you keep from bat- fighting the battles you weren't meant to fight? We don't, just, we don't even step in the ring. We don't get close to it. We set up boundaries around the temptation instead of standing right next to it. I mean, I know Pastor Mike talked about it last week. He talked about porn and guarding our eyes and porn is an issue. It is an issue. And I've been amazed at people that are perfectly okay with it, knowing how far it reaches and the destruction that it has. I I still remember when the movie Taken came out and people were exposed to human trafficking and everybody went, oh my gosh, that's awful. Human trafficking is awful. And there was this uprise against human trafficking and sex trafficking. The problem that I've got is we know that porn and sex trafficking are directly linked, directly linked. So I see people that bemoan sex trafficking but at the same time watch porn. See, fighting human trafficking and watching porn is like protesting a politician than donating to his campaign. It's like saying all the right things, but supporting what's taking down our society and so many men. Do you know porn is listed on two thirds of divorces? They've proven that the moment you look at porn, when you look at your spouse, you're less attracted to them. Porn is tearing apart families in the most offensive way. I remember talking to a guy that was just newly married and we talked about, hey, what's your plan for how you're going to set up barriers around you for porn. He goes, well, what do you do? And I was newly married and I said, well, here's the deal. I've got um, something on my phone that blocks things. Uh, I have a program on my computer that records any bad websites and sends them to my accountability partner. I spend time with accountability partner every single week. I have certain channels on my TV that are blocked. I have certain apps that I won't even allow on my phone. And I have certain people blocked on those apps so I don't see anything. And he looks at me, he goes, wow, <laughs> you're really weak. I'm like, yeah, I am. I know that. And that's why I have all those boundaries. See, I wanna use as little willpower as possible to fight porn. I wanna use as little willpower to fight that temptation because here's what I know. I know my kryptonite. I know my problem. And so men, when I tell you, Porn is not something you can fight. I'm saying, don't get near the ring. And I wanna give you two websites that can help. There's covenanteyes.com there on the bottom that you see. Covenanteyes.com is a website that has blocking software and filtering software for both your computer and your phone. Incredibly good stuff that I have used. X Church is another website that comes alongside and helps with those that have problems with porn. Giving up porn has online groups and all that. And here's what I want everybody to do right now. I want everybody to take out your phone. I want everybody to take a picture of the screen. And there's two reasons for that. Even if you don't deal with porn right now, you'd know somebody that is. And here's the second reason. I know if you're dealing with porn right now, the last thing you wanna do is take a picture of the screen and go, everybody around you go, that guy deals with porn. But this is not something that's simple to give up. But I know this men, if you're not willing to fight Porn and fight that battle, you won't help your kids fight it. And the average age a kid sees porn right now is between eight and 11. So you gotta have the conversation. Like how it's awkward to have the conversation so young. I understand it's awkward, but when they see it for the first time and they will see it, do you want your voice in their head or the enemy's? Telling them lies, telling them more that they're worthless, but also telling them that that's all they can have. And we've got to fight. And maybe for you, it's not an online battle. It's with somebody around you. We've got to decide, hey, we're not even gonna flirt. We're not even gonna get near that. We're gonna stop walking that way. We're not gonna go down and have a meeting with them one-on-one because we know we're one step away from falling. We're one step away. You're like, how? I can handle it. I've never seen somebody one step away not at least take a step forward. And I hear men all the time, they get caught up in these relationships and they say the same thing every single time. They say, but how, she just, she gets me, she understands me. I'm like, did your wife understand you when you were dating? It's like, yeah. It's like, I don't know what happened. I'm like, I know, she knows you. <laughs> and you'd rather have something new than repair what you've already broken. We all have fights for some of you. It's another addiction. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's drugs. I don't know what your kryptonite is. I don't know what your fight is, but I know men, we can't take the back seat and face it every single day. See a true warrior knows his weaknesses and protects against it. They take steps to put, put boundaries around it. And here's one of the biggest reasons why, if we spend all of our fight fighting our temptations, we won't have any fight left for others. If we're constantly fighting our biggest temptation, if we're always fighting our kryptonite, we won't have enough fight left for others. See, here's what boundaries do. Boundaries give us the ability to focus on the fight outside of our own lives. Boundaries give us the ability to do what a warrior is called to do. And that's this, go on the offensive. Boundaries allow us to go on the offensive. And here's why I think going on the offensive is so important because I've never seen men more alive than when they're fighting for something they believe in. When they're fighting for something outside of themselves, when they're fighting for those that need them, when they're fighting for those that are weak, when they're fighting for those that absolutely need somebody to step up for them, that's the moment that a man comes alive. And when we take the precautions to be able to protect ourselves, we get to go after what God's called us for. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus is talking to his disciples and they're set up outside of this cave area where many believe was the, just the entrance to hell. And Jesus says this to his disciples in Matthew 16, 18. He says, and I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, for so long, I've read this verse the wrong way. I've had this idea that Jesus says, I'm gonna build my church and the gates of hell will not come against it. I've always thought, you know, the gates of hell are coming against the church. And then I realized, wait, gates aren't offensive structures. They're defensive structures. See what Jesus is saying right here. He's saying, if the church does what the church is supposed to do, not only does it love and care for all in the church, but it goes out and reaches into hell and pulls people out. It goes after the weak. It goes after those that are hurting and brings them to the hospital that is the church and cares for them. We are called to go on the offensive. And men, one of the greatest ways that we can go on the offensive is by building up and investing in the next generation, fighting their fights for them so that they have a chance to fight later. About a year ago, my son came home from school and he was talking to my wife and I don't think he, he knew that I could hear. And he, he's telling her a situation where he was at school and there's this kid at school that's smaller than him that was picking on him. And he was hitting him and he was pushing him. And you gotta understand in our house, we don't have them fight back a lot because we, we bring a lot of foster kids in. They come out of violent situations. So the last thing we need is a violent household. And so he's been told to you know, step back and not fight in those situations. And so he's talking about it. My wife's like, well, did you tell the teacher? And he's like, yeah, the teacher told him to stop, but he keeps doing it. She's like, well, did you tell him to stop? Yeah, he told him stop. And at that moment I walked in, I'm like, I know the answer. He says, son, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna tell him, hey, if you push me again, there's gonna be consequences. And he's like, what's the consequences gonna be? I was like, you're gonna run over him. He's like, I'm gonna run over him? I'm like, yeah. He's like, and then punch him while he's on the ground. I'm like, no, 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 just run over him. And It was crazy in that moment. Like I felt like I was bringing down this wisdom from past generations. I was like, and I've brought this from my father to you. (laughs) And I felt so proud in that moment. I'm like, I'm teaching my son to stand up for himself. I'm teaching my son to stick up for himself. But I also felt in that moment, I went, man, if this is the only thing I teach him to fight for, then I've failed. See, I don't want my son just to know how to physically fight. I want him to know how to fight for his wife. I want him to know how to fight for his family. I want him to know how I fought for him and he can fight for his kids. I want him to see a father that fights for those that are in need and those that need help and those that don't have a place to call home and those that don't feel like God loves them, that he sees a dad that will fight for them. Because I know this, if he sees a dad that will fight, he will have more courage to fight later. He will know what it looks like and he's more likely to do it. So man, I got two questions for you. First one is this. What is your big fight that you must win right now? What is your big fight? We all know it. Like you feel it right now. As I'm talking, you're going, I know this is my fight. I need to choose to fight that. Write it down. Write it down. And here's the second question. What do you need to do to win it? What do you need to do right now to win your fight? Which of the four things? Do you just need to choose it? Do you need to go, this is what I'm going after. This is what I've decided to do. And not only do you choose what to fight for, but here's what I want you to do. You need to tell somebody else, I'm gonna fight for that. I need your help. Maybe you've already chosen. Your next step is I need a battle plan. So you've decided every day I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna pray, even though it may feel awkward and I've never done it before, I'm gonna spend time in God's word and I'm gonna get involved in the church. It may be awkward to find friends, but I can't do this alone. Or maybe your next step is just this, you need to stop fighting battles you were never meant to fight. You need to put in the boundaries that you know you should have so that you can stay away from your kryptonite. Or maybe this is the moment where you go on the defensive You already know, you look at the world and there's something in the world that you see that you go, that's not right. That shouldn't happen. Why isn't somebody doing something about that? The reason nobody's doing anything about it is because God put on your heart to change. God put that fight on your heart. So you need to go on the offensive today. See, we know this. Satan can make very strong men weak, but our God can make very weak men strong. And even though we may not feel like we can go against the battle that we have in front of us, when God is with us, the Bible says what? Nothing can stand against us. See, for some of you in this room, for some of you that are, that are watching, your first step is bringing God on your side. See, he already fought the big fight. He sent his son down to this earth to die for our sins. He fought that fight so that we could fight with him. He said, I fought that fight so you could have your eternity taken care of and you can focus on the fight on this earth. So today, if you wanna start that relationship, if you wanna bring God on your side, on your team, then I'm gonna say a prayer out loud in just a moment that you can say silently right where you're sitting. So if you could right now, if everybody could bow their heads and close their eyes, I'm gonna say a prayer right now to start a relationship with God that you can say right where you're sitting. Dear God, I know that I've sinned, please forgive me. I believe your son Jesus died on the cross and he rose three days later. Today I'm committing my life to you. God, help me in my fight. God, equip me for my fight. God, encourage me when I fall down. God, thank you for loving me first. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you made that decision today, that is the greatest decision you will ever make. And to help you with some next steps right now, I'm gonna ask the campus pastors to come up and close the service.